Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Catonia, the world of the dark feminine. Hello and welcome to Catonia, the podcast dealing with the dark feminine. I'm your host, Breach Burke. Now, we are continuing our series on the Navadurgas. Uh, now, the last one that we did was on Katyayani, uh, which is the Navadurga associated with uh, the sixth day of Navaratri. Uh, and today we are going to be doing Mahagori, who is associated with the eighth day of, Na- of Navaratri. Now, why are we skipping from six to eight? Well, if you recall, back, um, back in October, I want to say it was last October, 2021, uh, I actually did uh, Kalaratri, who would have been the day seven um, Navadurga, uh, being that she, at least in my view, uh, is one of the uh, one of the darkest or one of the most, uh, you know, the most dark feminine forms of, of the actual Navadurgas. So I had chosen to do her, and then people, uh, I had had requests to do all nine of the Navadurgas. So since we've already done her, we're just going to be doing the other eight in this series. So Mahagori is uh, celebrated on day eight. Now, there's, she's not, she's not, uh, well, actually, the darkness associated with her is, uh, you know, there. this is an interesting uh, kind of a story. Because Mahagori, Maha, of course, means great. And Gori uh, refers to whiteness or brightness. So, yeah, certainly not very dark at all. Sometimes white, sometimes golden is the way that she is described. Now, a, the description that I have of a Maha, a Maha Gori, of her form, says her fair complexion is compared to the whiteness of the conch, moon, and jasmine flowers. Uh, Maha meaning great, Gori means white. Seated on a white uh, vish, uh, vishra, uh, uh, sorry, vishaba, or a bull, uh, Devi Mahagori is depicted with three eyes and four arms. Two of her arms on either side um, are in the uh, Varada and Abhaya Mudras to bless her devotees and remove all fear from their lives. Her other arms hold the Trishul, or the trident, and the Dumru, which is described here as a tambourine, but also is, is kind of like a little a small kind of a drum, like the one you see in uh, the images of Shiva Nataraj. Um, it says her clothes and ornaments are all pure white. Now, um, so there's a couple of different stories about Mahagori and who she is. Um, now, in one form of the story, now she is considered to be a young version of the goddess Parvati, a virgin form of the goddess Parvati. Uh, now, as we know from looking back at um, Brahmacharani in particular, which was who's the second of the Navadurgas, the um, Parvati was you know, wanted to marry Lord Shiva, and in order to gain his approval, uh, because he was you know he lived alone you know meditated in the woods after Shakti um, or his Sati had died, Parvati was actually her reincarnation, but uh, he he had taken no interest in um, marrying again or having a family again. 
So in order to uh, please him, she's performed a severe tapas, which we think of as austerities or penances, to get uh, Shiva's attention. So now, according to one story of Mahagori, uh, she sat in the woods for so long that her, you know, she has, you know, assumed to have a, a light or golden or white complexion that, you know, the dirt from just sitting there, like, accrued on her after a while, and that Shiva was so pleased with her penances that he, you know, bathed her, had her you know, he basically, um, she was bathed in the river, the Ganja River, and um, the Ganges, and, and uh, she, her, you know, golden white complexion was restored, okay, and that this is, this is the form of Mahagori. Now, there's another story, and this is the one I think that is a bit more relevant than the other one. Um, now, it's worth noting here, I, I should take a pause for a moment, and mention that Navaratri, then the nine-day festival, is a festival of goddess Durga, okay? And, and it's a story of what we see in the Devi Mahatmayam and also in the Chandipat. I talk about this in my introduction to Tantra. This is a very, very significant text because it has to do with the way in which um, this great goddess in the form of Durga, and of course these Nava Durgas are all forms of Durga, um, Durga also being another form of Parvati, that these um, Nava Durgas are all about, uh, about this, the, the, you know, the, the way in which the, they, they, just, they conquer the particular Ashuras who have taken over the world, uh, the Mahisashura, as we had noted, who is this, this great you know, uh, egoic demon in the form of a, a buffalo, usually. And also of, of certain um, key uh, Ashuras who are considered to be almost the, the demonic generals, including Shumba, Nishumba, um, Chanda, Munda, and also Raktabija, okay, in addition to Mahisashura himself. And these are the ones that we chiefly see, you know, the, the stories. It's, it's not that there aren't others. Um, there are certainly other um, other figures who appear and who uh, attack, you know, the, the goddess in, in this particular battle that goes on. But these are some of the ones that are, are, are mentioned the most frequently. Now, this particular story does have to do with Shumba and Nishumba. Now, what, who, are, who are Shumba and Nishumba? Um, well, they basically mean um, too much and too little. Okay, that's, that's kind of the way that they're interpreted. And more specifically, Shumba has to do with being full of oneself, being conceited, arrogant. Okay, so, you know, arrogance, being having too much ego. And then you have Nishumba, who is just the opposite, who is self-depreciating. You know, oh, look at me, I'm not good enough. You know, the, the victim, martyr, you know, that is Nishumba. That is too little, you know. Um, so both, both of those things are considered to be um, difficulties caused by ego. And both can, um, you, know, you know, the inflation of one's ego, narcissism, you know, or an extreme narcissism can be a problem. Uh, but Nishumba... Also, the idea that, you know, look at me, poor me, you know, how I'm, I'm, you know, beleaguered by everybody and, you know, you know, that, that also, that, that martyr victim kind of mentality is also a very toxic egoic problem. And really they're two sides of the same coin because the person who is very narcissistic and who puffs themselves up is often also the same one who likes to, you know, victimize and say, oh, you know, you know, it likes to create drama over their own troubles, their own victimhood, or, you know, their own um, alleged, you know, unworthiness, 
you know there it's it's um both of them they're both and you both we both know what this particular trait or aspect looks like when we see it in in individuals um and it's you know and it's sickening in either side so you know the but but nonetheless these are these are traits and characteristics that um that we encounter uh certainly in human psychology um and in human behavior and these 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 ashuras these ashuric figures tend to represent those aspects of behavior that um you know that that get out of control and, and the fact that they're out of control isn't necessarily the problem it's the fact that they're out of control and therefore create havoc or create harm create something toxic okay that's really where the problem comes in i mean obviously you know it, this is not and i i'm i'm always very careful to note this because i don't want these to turn into battles of good versus evil it's just when we have these you know when when people play these kind of egoic games, what the goddesses tend to represent these shaktis it, that it, it's that clear consciousness. Particular deity is like Kali with her sword cutting the head off, and she wears the heads of the ashuras around her neck. Um, that is that is the idea of that egoic um, difficulty, that toxic eye um, having its head cut off. You know, it's 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 gone. You know, you're you're removing the head. So. It's, um, you know, so, th- so this is the idea of, you know, re- removing this kind of, um, you know, toxic way of behaving. It's not necessarily that um, the, what, what the Ashuras represent, you know, their, what their interests, their worldly goals and, and so forth, not that they're, they're bad, but when they become something obsessive or addictive or it becomes about power hungry, you know, being power hungry or will to power, then you've got then then it becomes problematic. Okay, so Navaratri is celebrated as Durga coming in and basically cutting through all the BS. Okay, she you know he fights these armies of the of the these egoic armies, and you know she cuts them down. So okay, so here is the story of Mahagori, and this this is the other origin story besides the one I just told you. Um, the demons Shumba and Nishumba could only be killed by a virgin, unmarried form of Parvati. Hence, as advised by Brahma, Shiva repeatedly called Parvati Kali for no reason. Now, mind you, Kali not only has to do with time, but also has to do with blackness. And he called her that for no reason in a mocking way. Parvati was agitated by this teasing, so she performed severe penance to Brahma to get a golden complexion. Golden, or as we know, Gauri means white, a white complexion. Okay, <laughs> Some of you are already starting to have an issue with this, but... Um, I have a few things to say about it, so let, let me finish the story first. Brahma explained to her his inability to grant her a boon and instead requested her to stop her penance and slay the demons Shumba and Nishumba. Parvati agreed went to take a bath in the Ganja River in, in the Himalaya. Uh, she entered the Ganja River, and as she took a bath, her dark skin washed off of her person entirely, and she came back out as a beautiful golden woman wearing white garments and apparels, and thus gain the epithet Mahagori. Now, in other variations of the, this telling of the story, her skin actually separates and becomes a, a completely different uh, Devi. And this, um, let's see, she is the, uh, just want to find what the, um, there, there's so many different aspects, but um, I wanted to, find the one that was that was particularly um noted with her okay 
Here's another explanation, just because I want to find what this this name that I'm looking for. It begins with a K, and I'm like, oh, I'm not thinking of it at the top of my head. Um, uh, Goddess Gori is the Kanya, um, as in Kanya Kumari, an unmarried girl, Kanya, or virgin, who performs severe tapas or penance to attain Lord Shiva as her husband. According to mythology, the Kanya was none other than Goddess Parvati. She performed severe penance for many years. Okay. And that was the skin appearing black. And then he says, there's this other story. Um... Demon Shumba and Nishumba were creating havoc on Earth and can only be destroyed by, um, you know, they're saying he's saying by Parvati's daughter, but it's actually a young unmarried form of Parvati. It's the only ones who can destroy these demons, and so it's the same thing. Brahma counsels Shiva to turn her skin black, calls her Kali, enraging her. She performs severe penance, prays to Brahma to restore her complexion. She told her to be, he told her to bathe, in this case, in the uh, Mansarovar uh, River. In the cool waters, her dark skin separated from her and took a female form called Koshiki. Okay, that's the one. I couldn't think, I was, had a different name in my head. To went on to slay the demons. And her form with the white complexion was called Mahagori. Now, a couple things I want to say here. Because first of all, I mean, the most immediate superficial way we're going to look at this is it's not there's something about it that sounds actually kind of racist right you know i'm not pleased with you and i'm going to make fun of you for having black skin so i'm going to do things to give myself white skin that that sounds um you know (laughs) that sounds problematic okay okay but however um (laughs) there is there's something to to keep in mind here one of the things that's said about mahagori is that she is the 16-year-old form of Parvati, okay? Um, Now, if you've been following this podcast for a long time, this is going to come out as very strikingly familiar. You're going to go, wait a minute, isn't there another 16-year-old goddess who um, Shiva taunted for looking black and then, you know, her complexion came out to be white? Yes, there is another one, and we've talked about her, and she is one of the Mahavidyas, and she is called Sodashi, Okay, Sodashi is, and Sodashi literally means like almost like eternally sixteen. Okay, and so, and the reference there, of course, is to this unmarried version, virgin um, form of Parvati. But as I had noted in the Sodashi podcast, this this does not really have anything to do with black and white skin. Although we can see problematically where people might misinterpret that. Frequently, when I read these stories of Mahagori, they, they, they try not to phrase it that way. They don't talk about black skin. They talk about golden skin, okay? Um, which, you know, or they'll just say, you know, she, you know, uh, she had a unique complexion and she wanted to retain it. Like, they try to take the, the racial element out of it. But the racial element isn't actually, like a lot of mythology, there's, you know, there's things that occur that, like that horrify us, that shock us, or that you know, uh, you know that that make us you know maybe just something about them just seems off or wrong or or you know in this case, um, you know it, it sounds actually quite racist. But as often is the case with mythologies, w- the way in which we you know th- this apparently um, <laughs> you know you know a racist or prob- or morally problematic text, maybe that's the best way to put it, is that it's morally problematic to us. In, in, in fact, it's not, it's not about that at all. 
it's point it's it's referring to something else and just um just as i had mentioned in the podcast on sotodashi what we are talking about here has to do with phases of the moon okay so the darkness and the light especially when you're talking about a white light that is sometimes very golden and we do in fact say that she is compared to jasmine flowers and the moon uh, mahagori so she it is this this milky white image of the moon now in vedic astrology uh the moon is quite uh, quite important it's you know when you when you're determining among the many factors that are determined when you're you know one looks at your chart is what not only what position the moon was in you know where where the moon was in the sky at the time you were born uh which has to do with what they call your um your rashi okay that's that's your rashi that's the position of the moon and frequently something that's very important in vedic astrology that you don't see in western astrology is the is the presence of the nakshatra or the lunar mansion um and those particular lunar mansions which do correspond to the the astrological signs uh as well as other things they have um you know they 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 have to do with particular or time periods or places in the zodiac and that is also um you know based on you know the uh the positioning of the moon uh, in your chart so with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, and, and anybody who reads Vedic astrology predictions knows that they are read from the ascendant and from the moon sign. So the moon is very, very important in this kind of determinant aspect. Now, the, um, the phase of the moon is known as the paksha. Okay, and there's Shukla Paksha and there's Krishna Paksha, and those are on the two sides of what is known as Purnima. Purnima is the uh, the full moon. Okay, and the the Shukla Paksha is the first fifteen days, which are the auspicious white part of the of the moon phase, and the Krishna Paksha are the fifteen days after the full moon. So they are known as the, these are these are the dark phases of the moon and are considered to be less auspicious. Now, Navaratri, the festivals are always, the festivals are always timed. At least one, one of the timing factors has to do with, um, the, you know, which paksha you're in. So certain festivals will, the, the dates of certain festivals will be determined by that. So um, Navaratri itself always takes place during Shukla Paksha, uh, Paksha the that first part. Uh, whereas, on the other hand, Shivaratri always takes place during Krishna Paksha. Uh, so, it's it, this has to do with the waxing and the waning of the moon. And, of course, the 16 is actually the 16 titis, or the, the days. Okay? So, it's, you know, so it's the 15 days plus the Purnima, plus the full moon, uh, is that representation of that, that Shukla. Uh, and, that that is what uh, Sodashi or what Mahagori represents, and that is why she is the quote unquote sixteen year old Parvati. Okay, she is the the, the that first sixteen auspicious days um, is what she represents. 
Um, but because she also has this separated sort of dark complexion that is associated with Kali or Kalika, um, that is that has more to do with the dark face of the moon because we know that the moon has dark and light phases, right? So that's really what we're looking at here. So this is the, and so um, now within Wiccan tradition and, and things like that, they talk about the virgin, maiden, and crone, which often corresponds similarly to the waxing phase of the moon, that first 15 days, uh, the, the maiden corresponding perhaps to the full moon, I'm sorry, the, the, the virgin, yeah, the virgin to the 15 days, the maiden or the, the mother figure um, to that, that full moon, uh, and then of course the crone to the, the waning part. And we associate that waning dark part more with death, more with, uh, you know, um, with age, you know, barrenness, things like that. You know, if you're associating with that crone aspect. Um, now, this is a little bit, it's similar but different. And I don't want to, I want to be careful when I say that. I'm not suggesting that, um, that ancient, you know, that India, uh, that Hinduism uh, is embracing the virgin, you know, mother crone thing, which is actually a much more modern construct. I mean, it may be based on some of these ideas, but it is definitely a modern construct. It's not, um, to people say, oh, they, they, the ancient people had this concept. I, I don't really think they had it quite like that. But um, nonetheless, we do see this, um, you know, uh, you know, these, these, um, these, um, you know, we, you know, these pakshas, it starts with the uh, Amavasaya, uh, oh no, sorry, I'm not saying that right, Amavasya, Amavasya, okay, I, uh, you know, so that's the, that's the new moon, uh, Purnima is the full moon, and then you have the, these, uh, these pakshas. So, it's, you know, so, so what we're referring to here is, you know, it, you know, the, that dark phase is considered to be inauspicious, but that is also the the phase of the moon that is um, associated with with Kali and with and with those forms of Parvati that um, or these forms of Durga that end up taking on these these forces. Okay, and if we think about the fact that the the waxing moon is the time when we we start new adventures, when we you know uh, we we put our energy and our our creativity and our investment into certain projects and that in the waning phase of things we tend to think of that as a time where we are shedding or getting rid of things okay that is the um you know laying things to rest or getting rid of things that are toxic okay so if you if you look at it in that light then it's easy and it's also easy to see why this dark-skinned parvati is actually the same as the white-skinned or golden-complexioned parvati they're actually the same because there's one moon you know, it, it, it's just, you know, they're just different phases or different aspects of the same thing. And different aspects are more auspicious or, or not for, for certain things. So in Mahagori, we are actually seeing this, um, you know, waxing to full phase of the moon, just as we do with Shodashi in the Mahavidyas. It's, it's really pretty much the same story. Um, and the reason that we see her represented separately also as a Navadurga is because, as you'll notice, the, the the this particular cycle is not from, from the Devi Mahatmayam. You know, this this Chandipat is, it, you know, it it's definitely present in the um, in the tantric practices. It's, it's present. You know, the the stories of the the Matrikas are are also. You know, you see the Matrikas doing the battle also in the um, Devi Mahatmayam. You also see. Um, 
you know, and, and the Mahavidyas, while they may or may not specifically be associated with that, certainly um, they, are, they are associated with 12 forms of Parvati. So uh, that, that had to do with wisdom and knowledge. These are the forms particularly that have to do with Durga. And of course, there's a lot of overlap here because they all have to, you know, the, you know, Parvati is Shakti. Um, ultimately, she is Adi Shakti. She is, you know, or Adi Pra Shakti. And, you know, th- this is all pointing back to all these different uh, aspects and interwoven layers of this, um, of, of Shakti of this supreme consciousness that is defined uh, in Hinduism, at least, or at least in, in, in uh, Shaktism, as being uh, feminine. And as we see, that has very, very great power. It has great power to bring auspiciousness, but also to um, rid us of what uh, is toxic for us. You know, you know the, those aspects of us that tend to do, and in this case, she's getting rid of toxicity of too much and too little. Okay, because she specifically uh, is the destroyer, uh, the the predestined destroyer of Shumba and Nishumba. Okay, um, Mahagori is also associated with the crown chakra or the Sahasrara, which is the um, the, the thousand petaled lotus at the top of the head. So, you know, we have gone through uh, with these, you know, from Shela Putri down at the root all the way up to Mahagori. Now we are, you know, we have completed that, uh, that kind of a circuit. And there is a, let me see, I'm just trying to find the, um, yeah, here we go. This is what I'm looking for. Uh, this is from a um, Lalita Chandika uh, temple. Uh, they have a post on Mahagori Devi. And what they say here, if you recall goddess Shelaputri, the first goddess of the Navadurgas, was extremely beautiful and fair because of her extreme fair complexion. And also, by the way, she was the unmarried form of Parvati as well. She became, because of her extreme fair complexion, she became known as Mahagori. She also adorns herself in white clothes. The vehicle of Ma Mahagori as well as Shelaputri is a bull. And then he says, so what's the connection? In the human body, Shelaputri Devi resides in the first chakra and offers inspiration while pointing her attention upwards, the Kundalini rising towards Lord Shiva. The Mahagori Devi, who resides in the Sahasrara crown chakra, is the result of this process, which is inspiration, learning, practicing sadhana, and clearing out toxic energies. The crown is the target chakra of the most important energy channel in the human body, uh, the Shushumna Nadi. This is the nadi that the kundalini energy, symbolized by a snake, ascends and causes the awakening of power and the realization of our human potential. So Shalaputri and Mahagori, and all the devis in between, are connected in the human body through the Shusuma nadi. These goddesses are just different expressions of the one Durga Ma. Okay, so it says, uh, you know, and of course those who are worshipping on Navaratri, says the eighth day is a very important day to perform sadhana, for the energy has now lifted and the results are quick. <clears throat> so yeah, this is uh, Shakti fully realized, Mahagori, in the same way that we think of it as uh, as the full moon, okay, that this is, um, that, that um, you know, uh, that, that fullest expression. When we think of the full moon in terms of its, you know, the, the auspicious activities for the full moon, that is usually the culmination of something at the full moon. That is, that is the, the finished product, as it were, uh, before something goes into decline and into decay in the, in the waning aspect. So, um, 
So rather interesting with, with Mahagori, she is a demon slayer uh, in this form, but as we know what she's getting rid of here is, she's, is that imbalance between too much and too little. Um, okay, so it says that uh, mounted on the back of an ox after the, the battle, she rode back home to Kailash where the Mahadev, or Shiva, was waiting for her. The two became reunited once again and lived happily with their sons Kartikeya and Ganesha. Okay. And uh, it says, Mother Gori is Devi, Shakti, or Mother Goddess who appears in many forms, such as Durga, Parvati, Kali, and others. She is auspicious, brilliant, and protects uh, people. Well, they're saying protects good while punishing the evil. I, I really like to stay away from that kind of a thing because I think, you know, I, I tend to take a more tantric view of it and say um, she is, you know, you know those who um, have, have gone through the, uh, the works, have gone through the initiations, have gone through the trials, um, or tend to be rewarded with this, um, you know, this, it really, it, it tends tantamount to liberation, okay? Uh, they talk about salvation, but salvation is not a concept in Hinduism, so this is, I mean, I'm reading this from different sources, and I'm trying to um, pick out what seems, what is actually relevant, and, and what really isn't here, okay? Um, I think the things that she is holding, that she's depicted as holding, are also uh, rather interesting. The trident, of course, is also associated with Lord Shiva. Um, she has a fear-dispelling um, gesture and one that grants boons. So like Kali, she has the fear not and the, you know, granting of, um, you know, prosperity and inauspiciousness. And the drum, now they're talking about that being, um, it's mentioned in one place here as the um, kind of the, the cadence of, of, of Shakti. Um, how did I see it? Uh, point, you know, it was, no, not here. Um, I have, I have, I have different uh, notes in different places, but nonetheless, the drum, okay, as I've mentioned in the beginning, is associated with Shiva Nataraj, and Shiva Nataraj is a very, um, very, you know, um, well-known form of Shiva, where you see Shiva, um, you know, he's actually surrounded kind of by a ring of, of flame, and he, you know, his hair is kind of wildly flowing, and he is dancing, and he has a, you know, he's beating a drum, he's got a drum in his hand. Okay, you'll, you'll see this image quite often. And that Shiva Nataraj is the Lord, is Shiva as Lord of the Dance, really. And, you know, and he is, um, and he's beating on this drum, which is also the ticking of time. Okay, and so, you know, so Shakti in this case, well, but, but interestingly, the drum for Mahagori is more about the pulsations of Shakti, which is that, that, that pulse of life, that, that, um, the vibration of life uh, is considered to be what what that is, but I think that that in depth, that curious connection with time and the passage of time and the beating of the drum as measuring time would also give her that association to goddess Kali. Okay, that's the reminder there that she still has to you know that even though she brings auspiciousness, that within that time you know we are still functioning in a field and in a space that has to do with time. Okay, and so therefore, you know, subject to death and to decay, which is which is part of the cycle. It's part of the cycle. You know, the moon ends up being a kind of representation of that cycle. You know, we think that the moon is, quote unquote, born at the new moon and that it grows bigger and bigger, reaches its fullness. And then it, you know, you know, wastes away as as it, you know, uh, as the the horns of the moon, if you will. Uh, the crescent points uh, points westward towards the spa- towards the area of death. Although in Hinduism, it's usually to the south. But um, 
you will notice that the moon uh, in its waxing phase, as it's getting bigger, will have, it will be pointing to the east. You know, the, the crescent will be pointing to the east. And when it is in its waning phase, the crescent is pointing to the, uh, to the west. So, uh, so you know, we, we see this sort of embedded in this story of, of Mahagori, who ends up representing this kind of culmination of, of this um, Parvati energy. And in a way, and, and also it circles back to Shailaputri uh, at the root chakra. Um, so, you know, in a way, you know, really all of the, all the Navadurgas are part of aspects of the same deity. Uh, that said, uh, you know, there are aspects of Parvati or aspects of, you know, uh, of Kali or of Durga, who again are all, you know, they're all pretty much part of each other. That is something that is stated in the Devi Mahatmayam where, you know, the, the Ashuras who are battling the Matrikas and who are battling all of these different forms of Durga will say, you know, they, they basically taunt her and say, well, you know, if you didn't have all this help, you wouldn't win. And she says, I don't, it's all me. Look, I'll show you. And she just basically pulls them all back into her one body. So um, that is that is the core Shakti there. And she can manifest in many different forms. Okay, so that is what I'm going to say about uh, Mahagori. Um, we only have one more Na- Navadurga to talk about. And that is Siddhidatri, and that will be uh, at the beginning of January. That will be the first. This will be the end of the of this that the series on the Navadurgas, but the beginning of 2023. And then we will move into our, um, you know, spreading out and doing our 2023 schedule um, about you know moving away from Hinduism again for a while. Um, but I hope you have uh, you have been enjoying this series. Um, this is since I am recording this a couple days after Yule. Um, I'm hoping that those of you, whatever whatever holidays you celebrate, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, whatever winter holidays you celebrate, I hope you um, enjoy the festivities. Um, if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, um, you know, have a happy uh, summer solstice. And um, I will point out again, my website is katonia.net. If you would like to follow me on Patreon, my Patreon is, uh, it's patreon.com slash katonia. And uh, my social media, I have, uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Katonia Podcast, one word, uh, uh, Katonia Podcast, two words on Facebook, uh, and of course on YouTube, just Katonia. Uh, I want to thank thank my patrons very much for their support uh, throughout this year, and uh, I will see you in the next episode. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.